New York City. It's Friday night, March 1st. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host. Back on on a Friday. Let's continue doing what we do. I mean, we're talking sports here. Taking your calls at 877-337-6666. The Devils are about to come on. I'm going to get eyes on that game. I just watched the Yankees win another spring training game. and I mean, Juan Soto went deep. Rizzo went yard twice. Garrett Cole was quoted after the game saying, I knew I would enjoy watching Juan Soto, but you know what? I love watching Juan Soto. Everybody's enjoying this. It's almost time. Opening day is later this month, and we're excited about it. You should be excited about the Stanley Cup playoffs. You should be excited about the NBA playoffs as well. We want a champion here in New York. We talk about it every single week. You got to get through the playoffs first to get there. Christian Winfield will join me in about 13 minutes to talk about your New York Knicks. But for now, let's get back to the phone. Scott is out on Long Island. Scott, you got it. Hey, you doing, Keith? Good. Thanks for calling. Yeah, uh, well, well, you got a couple of couple things you just threw around. Let's real quick with the Yanks. I, I, I call every year, beginning of the year, and I think that they're going to face the same issue, and that is um, when it comes down to it, they'll have a good season. Uh, pitching will probably hang in there. They'll figure it out. But when it comes to the playoffs and you got Houston, who's always uh, figuring out how to be very competitive, can they put together enough rallies in the course of a nine-inning game to get enough guys across, across the plate? Um, I, I, think, I, I think at best they're an average defensive team. They're not a great defensive team. And I think those are the things to worry about. Again, it's the same every year. They're going to play the better teams in the playoffs, face better pitching or equal pitching, if not better pitching. And are they going to be able to score enough and get enough rallies together to get enough runs across? Right. I, I think they have a completely different look and feel with this team. They've added some actual MLB outfielders, some left-handed hitting, some balance to the lineup. They have to build a champion, and that's what I keep telling folks. They're not a champion today. This is spring training week three. They have to build a champion throughout the season, stay healthy, and get hot at the right time in October, and none of us know what's happening in October. A lot of us just fear the Astros. I don't. I want that smoke. I want to see the Astros. I want to get that monkey off our back. I would love to see them in a series, beat them, go on to beat whoever it is. The one thing I'll say about baseball is there's parity. Nobody wins back-to-back World Series, and uh, I don't expect the Rangers to be there again. I don't expect the Blue J- or uh, the Orioles to win 100 games again. I don't fear the Blue Jays in our division. Like, bring it on. Like, this is why we watch. This is why we have these daily shows on the fan. This is why everybody's got a Yankees podcast. This is why Yankee Stadium sells out. Like, the Yankees have a team that can compete with anyone, in my opinion. Now, I may be wrong in two, three months, but that still won't matter because it's a seven-month season. Let's go on the ride together and see where it ends. Yeah, I just want to grab you for also one second about hockey. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be around the corner as well as, as is basketball, as you mentioned. Uh, hockey is, you know, some people that are real hockey fans, and I know you're a devil fan at heart. I, 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 you've, you've mentioned in the past that they, they gave you the royal treatment when you first uh, got on, on board with them. Still running, they, yeah. Yep. They, gave you the, they gave you the caviar treatment. 
and, and, and you jumped on board with them. But, you know, if they're not going to be where they need to be, I'd love to see you, you know, you know jump on with the Rangers. Uh, there's nothing uh, like, like people that appreciate hockey like the hockey playoffs. I'm appreciating it more and more. I'm watching hockey games that don't include the Rangers, the Devils. I'm learning more and more. And I'm right there with you. Like, I'll say this about my Devils fandom. You know, I haven't been a Devils fan long enough to absolutely hate the Rangers. I do kind of hate the way that the Rangers fans came over to the Rock a couple weeks ago or two Tuesdays ago or whatever it was, Thursdays ago, and took over and were fighting fans and uh, the Rangers bullied the Devils and literally were beating them up, uh, you know. But what I'll say is yeah. this. I was not on the fan last year because my son was born April 13th, so I missed the whole Devils-Rangers first series and it's not a regret, but it's something. The FOMO, I was listening every night, and I'm like, man, I would have loved to be on. So if Gee. if the Devils aren't in it and the Rangers are making a run, I'm not the type of guy to get on the fan and talk down on them. I will be your host. I will be your nighttime host to take your calls and talk through it and what we see and enjoy the run. I want to see somebody win something here. Yeah, similar to football, if you're a big football fan, you will watch – playoff games and games during absolutely even if your team is not in it especially in the playoffs i'm a dallas um, fan and i talk about the giants all day i have you know yeah. guys on yeah, to talk I'm, about the giants i can talk all about their offense defense coaching staff like yeah for sure hockey fans are the same way if your team gets eliminated yeah it's, it's, it's definitely a downer or if your team doesn't make the playoffs but you're going to still want because playoff hockey Unlike football, think about it. Football, you get the best record in your conference. You get a single, bye. A single game elimination. These series in hockey are, are ridiculous, oh, and oh, everybody yeah. knows the Stanley Cup playoffs is the best hockey you can get. Thanks for the call, Scott. I just got to get to a couple other calls before we bring my guest in. Let's go to Richard in Brooklyn. Is this your second call, Richard, or is this just the second Richard in Brooklyn that we've had on tonight? Oh, I don't. I'm not sure. Well, you should be I sure. This is your first that. call tonight. This is your first That's call. first call, absolutely. We had another uh, Richard in Brooklyn earlier. All right, no problem. There's probably many more. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along here. All right. Um, I wanted to talk about the situation with Caleb Williams. He's like a... Caleb Williams? He doesn't want to take a physical. Yeah. Um, he said he has to because uh, they got enough tape on him. It, it isn't so much that. Thanks for the call, Richard in Brooklyn. Second Richard in Brooklyn to call. Caleb Williams. Did you say Caleb? Uh, so, with Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams has been the number one pick for over a year. He was the Heisman Trophy winner before Jaden Daniels. Going into this season, everybody's saying, this is the guy, generational talent. They're comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. He does not have to do anything. And what I'll say about this scouting combine this year, more than ever, these players know they have the power. Patrick Mahomes went to the combine, did every single thing. He was trying to raise his value so much. So he's like, Mitchell Trubisky, he's not better than me. Caleb Williams doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't even have to let you measure his hands. He got in front of the podium and spoke. That's it. The, there's so many guys that are like, Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't even show up. Or what did he say? Marvin Harrison Jr., there were people like, expecting him at the combine. And he didn't speak. He didn't do anything. Like So these guys know, and I'm telling you, in, in the NIL era that we're in, you're, you're not talking about just any random kids. These are millionaires. They, they're made men already. 
You can't tell them what to do. They they don't care. They're, they don't care about the combine. Their their work speaks for itself. Dan is in Middletown, New Jersey, back on the fan. You got it, Dan. Hello, Dan. Are you all right? Are you there? Hey, Keith. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I thought you just uh, teleported into the studio or something. It was like... <laughs> uh, I'm good. Um, big win. For, I don't like to say big win, but it was a great to watch the Yankees match the way they did tonight, especially because it's regular. Like, yeah. Anthony Rizzo looked phenomenal tonight. Yeah, and they tied. They tied last night. They, they, they scored zero runs. It was 0-0 last night, so they had to bounce back from that. Definitely, and it's I, I it's tough to like my hopes up because this team has repeatedly let me down and humiliating. No, get get your hopes up. Hope springs eternal. That's the whole thing, right? Eighty two and eighties behind us. We have a fresh season. Like I don't know why you guys are doing this. Yankee fans are driving me nuts. Like you guys are so down on this team. I get it. It's been fifteen years, but like you, like I just I don't I, like. Are you that jaded? I've never seen them win. And so, I know you're a younger guy, but I'm like, man, every time I open up my Twitter or take a call, you know, we, we're just getting these like Yankee fans that like, oh, they didn't do enough. They're not all in. They got to sign Blake Snow. Why are they not giving Domingo Herman an opportunity? Oh, it's just going to be the same thing every year. I don't feel that way. I don't either. I'm cautiously optimistic. because, And to me, they're a very boomer bust team because of the question mark. Now, I know people are going to go crazy about Rodon. It's spring training is batting practice. It's not a real game. Like, uh, It's not going to matter if he goes out and shoves that. in his next outing. Nobody saw it. I haven't seen the video of him. I saw Brian Hoke's tweet. I didn't see any video. It's not going to matter. I keep saying, man, when I was a kid, spring training would happen, and I never went to spring training as a kid, but we did not have this many tweets. We didn't have Twitter when I was a kid. We didn't have video. We didn't know. We didn't know about these guys working out. It's glorified workouts. Exactly. I don't think I don't put any stock in the spring training. The one thing I will put some stock into because he's coming off an injury. Anthony Rizzo having a couple homes tonight. The swing looks good. Well, looks you, like he's seeing the ball much better. That's something I could take you stock just said in you because don't, of how you said you don't put any stock in the spring training, and then you said Anthony Rizzo looks good. Anthony Rizzo is a World Series champion and All Star. We we know what Rizzo is. He looks like he's not concussed. That's very true. I mean, Greg, the way that Greg man Bird, was hitting, Greg Bird was a, a spring training all star. Greg Bird made the all uh, decade team in Yankees spring training. What happened with him when it came time to play in the regular season? So did Higgy. Right. Like <laughs> Higashioka, the home run stroker. I think we had a drop still playing with John Sterling saying that. I think somebody caught that and cleaned it up. I was listening. I think I might have been listening to Evan and Tiki, and I heard that. Like Yankees baseball. But, the Higashioka, the home run stroke. I'm like, we got to get that up out of there. Dan, thanks for the call, bro. You got the bat line. I had Dan in here shadowing me, I think, two weeks ago or maybe last week. He's the uh, Monmouth University radio student, and uh, he's always able to get on. Some people hit me up on Twitter, text me, bro, I can't get on this busy single. He's, he's able to get on. Now, you guys that were able to get on, I have a full rack of calls. If you hang on. For the next 20 minutes or so, we're about to bring a guest in to talk Knicks. It's Christian Winfield. That's my guy. We got to take a break, bring him in. But if you guys want to keep your spots, bear with me. I've got one more interview lined up. Keith McPherson on the fan. We'll be right back.
Okay, I mean, my boy Christian Winfield is joining us on the fan. You got the many men beat as your intro. I mean, I guess, I guess Connor just knows you're like that. <laughs> Chris Splash, <laughs> KW, covering your New York Knicks for the New York Daily News. What's up, bro? Man, I am. Man, I'm sure I didn't hit the gym. I went boxing this morning. I, I, once you play mini, man, I'm like, I'm, I was listening to that at the gym earlier today, man. But, <laughs> nah, man, life is, you know, I was on the next beat for four years, and now, I'm, you know, I got my feet settled on the Knicks side of things. And, boy, do we have a good story on the other side of the bridge with a Knicks team that looked pretty dominant coming into January, and then they get hit by the injury bug. And now you're fighting for your you know, your playoff livelihood because a couple losses here sends you into play-in tournament territory. So, you know, things are, are, are tightening up in the East and the Knicks are trying to keep their stand and I'm on top of it. Uh, it's, a, it's a great time to be a, to, to, just to be in basketball. It's, it's, it's so much going on right now. So did you tell Sean Marks you wanted out of Brooklyn? You forced to trade over <laughs> to, to the Knicks coverage as well when Katie oh, and Kyrie man. got out? No, no, no. You know, it, it just, you know, the timing of it was, was crazy. We had uh, Stefan Bondi, uh, who used to cover the Knicks for the Daily News, who ended up, you know, replacing Mark Berman at the Post. Uh, and then the Knicks job became available. And my editor said, hey, you know, if you want it, it's yours. And, uh, you know, uh, growing up before the, the Nets came to Brooklyn, uh, I, I was a huge Knicks fan. So the, the opportunity to cover the team that, you know, the little, little kid in me used to love and cheer for growing up, I couldn't turn it down. So, uh, it's been an amazing ride, and I'm just blessed and grateful for the opportunity to be what doing what I'm talking like about. Do. You've been a Knicks fan before, during, and after. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, brother. I don't uh, know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, nah, you did a great job covering the Nets for our little run that we had with the superstars and playoff it was a great appearances. Run, man. I, I got a chance to cover KD's foot on the line. Right. If KD's foot is behind that line, right. I might still be covering the Nets right now because it's, it's looking like a dynasty at that point, you know? But you I know, wish people would stop bringing that up. I was in I'm there. I'm sorry. I, I was, was there. there. I went low-key viral because... I went low-key viral because I have a video of me not celebrating and everybody, everybody else is celebrating. I knew. <laughs> I'm just a jaded Neds fan. I'm like, nah. Oh, my goodness. I remember watching Giannis point, and I'm like, nah, that's a two. That's not a three. <laughs> just our luck. That's not the game-winning shot. I'll tell you this, and then we can get into to the Knicks stuff. You know, I've never felt – I've never been in any building uh, that felt that energy when yeah, KD hit that shot. The energy in the building was like – people couldn't believe it. It was like – Something had happened that like, I, I never felt that way. I jumped out of my seat. You know, I was I could not People believe it. People were losing their minds. Yeah, I, I was frozen was in time. Him. I was frozen it, in time. Yeah, what a time, man. We'll what never get that. We'll never get back to that point. With the <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Can Thomas can't take y'all there? Nah, he's in a walking boot, bro. He's in a walking boot. And Ben, oh. ben Simmons, my neck, my back, my neck, and my back. Oh, I can't stand oh, the net. man. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry you guys got to deal they're, with this. They're not healthy, but neither are the Knicks. And so the Knicks fans right. went from talking Easter Conference Finals, maybe winning the finals about a month and a half ago, to now all the Knicks fans are saying, we're cooked, we're done. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Go through oh, some adversity. Goodness. This is part of the season. <laughs> you rather go through it now than go through it in April. Yeah, and, and listen, so the Knicks have lost seven of the last nine games, right? And, and I think it's – it's important to add a little bit of nuance to how these losses came about. First loss, you lose to Dallas. You don't even have Jalen Brunson in that game. Luka gives you 39. 
you, you don't stand a chance. The next game, you, you, lose, you lose to Indiana. You don't have Isaiah Hartenstein. You started Todd Gibson, played him 20 minutes. I mean, Indiana's a team that likes to run and play fast, lose that one. Next game is where you should have won or at least should have gone to overtime in Houston, right? And that, that questionable ending was, was ridiculous. You know, the Knicks lost a protest on that. It is what it is. You lose to Houston. And then you don't have Isaiah Hartenstein. You don't have Dante DiVincenzo. You don't have Bojan Bogdanovich. You lose to Orlando by 18. All these players being out is on top of not having Julius Randle, not having OG Ananobi, not having Mitchell Robinson. You already don't have your entire starting front court, and now you're even more shorthanded. Then you come back from the All-Star break. You beat Philadelphia, right? And, and I, I think that was an impressive victory. But, and then obviously after that, you got Boston. You, you're going to lose to a really good Celtics team. You almost lose to Detroit, right? And that was a scary game for the Knicks. Then after that, the Pelicans are just a tough team to beat. Uh, and then after that, Golden State. So it, it, it's kind of a mixed bag. And in that Golden State game, you got Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich combined for a 5 of 18 shooting. So, you know, there's so many different things going on in terms of players who are out of the rotation, you're incorporating new players into the rotation. But I, I think there's just a sense of understanding uh, on this Knicks team that OG is coming back. And it's looking like eventually Julius is too. And hopefully you can get Mitchell Robinson. He's not at the point where he's running or jumping yet. But when you are able to finally buy time and get your guys back, this team is deep. This team is talented. And this team is one that, you know, when they were healthy before giving Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks, they were looking like they were going to take that number two seed. So if they can just buy time until you get healthy, then it looks good. The issue is buying time is going to send you down the standings because these next few games coming up are brutal. And the Knicks already have it. I think that now they're 12 and 23 against teams that have winning records. And you got a bunch of teams like that coming up. So Knicks are in a tough spot. But at the end of the day, when you're talking bigger picture, once everybody comes back, this is a really, really good Knicks team. And I think if they can just try to stay out of that play in tournament and then you get guys like OG and Julius back, I think you got a chance to, to, to make some noise. They had a run where they were looking like the best team in the league. They were looking like they could beat anybody. The garden was alive. And you know what it is, bro? Like, there's so many of these Knicks fans, and let me start. There are Knicks fans that haven't missed a second of Knicks basketball over the years. They were they were rooting for Lance Thomas a few years back. But then there's also <laughs> these Knicks fans that they take their Knicks hat off and then they helicopter in when they hear, oh, the Knicks are back, the Knicks are back, the Knicks are good, and they're not fully aware of, like, what has transpired and how we got here. Like, they're still checking for R.J. Barrett. It's like, bro, like, you guys got to realize when OG Ananobi got traded over here, that was the piece of the puzzle where it was like, click, yeah. it's on. And now yeah. you got to get that piece back. You got to get Randall back. And now you got to see how these guys gel with Boyan and with Burks. Here's something for you. I, I also have said this. You guys are watching, and I know everybody loves Josh Hart. I know everybody loves the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo. <laughs> but you're watching guys that are being asked to be starters that they weren't signed to be and never were that in their NBA careers. Yeah, you know, and that's just sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. Josh Hart played 47 minutes and 10 seconds last night. That's against insane. The and <laughs> it's just it, it just happened to be, you know, you're shorthanded. You want to have a chance to win. Tibbs is going to play you. And Josh, you know, we asked about The Carmelo like, you know, Anthony of Draymond <laughs> Greens. <laughs> oh, man, that was a great one. You, you know. Kaz is the man. I had Kaz yeah, on a couple Kaz weeks ago. He's, Kaz is great. You know, it, it's just, it, it's difficult, but at the same time, you know, this is look at what Dante's able to do now that he stepped up. You know, I asked him if there was any point in his career where he ever imagined what his numbers would be like 
uh, if he was able to have this type of usage. And he was like, nah, it's not really something that I, I concern myself with. I just want to help the team win. But I don't think anyone saw this type of offensive outburst coming if Dante DiVincenzo was to get the volume, right? Like Josh Hart is out here flirting with a triple-double every other night because he's playing 40-plus minutes. You know, pressure's a chewer. He's, you know, the, the Knicks are saying, Tom Thibodeau saying that he, he found some new things in Precious's game. Why? Because, you know, players have been in the rotation. It gives him an opportunity to showcase his game more. Yeah. You know, guys are being asked to step up. The Deuce McBride. His career. Deuce McBride is stepping up. Deuce is a lockdown defender at the point of attack. And that's what's really earning him minutes uh, from Tom Thibodeau. And then you add on top of that the three-point shooting that we would have never seen if you don't trade Emmanuel quickly. Yep. Once you trade quick. You know, do starts lighting it up from three. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, where did this come from? You know, it comes from, you know, extended opportunity. So these guys, they, they practice, they train, they prepare themselves for this opportunity. It's just a matter of, you know, I, I asked Josh Hart the other day, I was like, yo, what's the biggest thing that changes when OG comes back? And he's like, my minutes, man. He's like, yo, I need, I need to go back to coming off the bench <laughs> and playing, playing a few minutes. But, you know, that's just, that's just, you know, that's what's going I on in, in New York right Look now. Look at the opportunity iHeart got this year with exactly. Mitchell Robinson going down and, and Jericho Sims even being banged up. He he triggered some more money in his contract incentives. <laughs> like, this is the best year of his life. Yeah. And but he's he, hurt too. Exactly. He's dealing with a, with a, with a sore Achilles and, and that's taking some time as well. You know, he, it's crazy because, you know, he's now viewed as a legitimate starting center now, right? Like, I think before there was the case where, okay, maybe he might be one of the best backup centers in the league. Now you plug him in. If, if Isaiah Hartenstein is able to give you 30 minutes a game, those are 30 quality minutes because of what he's able to provide. He's a better rim protector than I think guys give him credit for. I think we already knew the passing was there. The rebounding was there. He's able to finish around the rim. He's been able to hold down the fort for a while. Mitchell Robinson has been gone. That's why this next team, even if Mitch is, is limited when he comes back, him and Isaiah were one of the best one-two punches at the center spot before he went down. So the Knicks have been in a good spot. It's just a matter of, you know, these teams are – it's it's a brutal stretch coming up in terms of who's on the schedule. And then you got a West Coast swing where you play Sacramento, then Golden State, then Denver. And Denver is going to want to beat the Knicks by 50 because of what happened yep. at the end of their own five-game road trip when they came here and the Knicks, Knicks stuck it to them. So, you know, no one's going to feel any any sympathy. No one's going to feel sorry for the Knicks. The opponents are – they've got to come out and compete, and that's what they're going to do. Yeah, they probably lose three in a row out West. They better beat the Trailblazers. But there are some <laughs> – favorable matchups like you like Knicks fans show up to the garden for the Hawks game for the 76ers back-to-back for the Nets the Pistons the Spurs oh Spurs is on the road but there are some games that like they can win here to stay afloat and that's all you have to do stay in the middle of the pack stay in that four spot like hold serve until you get whole and they'll be all right. Here's another question for you, because I, I don't go to the Garden, obviously. You you know, you used to see me in Barclays Center. I, I barely <laughs> go over there anymore. I'll be there Tuesday, but not for nothing. I've been to three games this season. It's just not hitting the same yeah. <laughs> over there at uh, oh, in Atlantic. It's just not the same. Uh, you hate to see it, man. You yeah, really it's, do. It's, how do we get here so fast? Anyway, <laughs> there's, there's always consistent talk about people taking over Barclays. As if, like, oh, that can't happen in the Garden. But I'm pretty sure I saw videos of Celtics fans chanting, let's go Celtics. And then I even heard some rumblings about Steph Curry and the Warriors. That's what you're going to get. Now, you're in there. Tell me what it sounds like. Tell me, are, are the Knicks fans through this, like, you know, lower stretch where they're losing 7 out of 9? Are they getting quieted? Are they getting uh, bullied in their own building? Are they, are they being overtaken by Celtics fans from Boston and uh, 15-year-old Steph Curry fans? I mean... There are moments, sure, where, where Steph Curry gets a rousing ovation when, when he gets introduced at Madison Square Garden, but 
that's what happens when you're the NBA's all-time leading three-point scorer, right? And, you know, not for nothing, when the, when the Knicks went to Philadelphia I, and I was there, Knicks fans travel, right? Oh, and yeah. that's the case with Celtics fans. That's why you're able to hear those just And there's probably a ton of Celtics fans that live here in New York. Now, right. if you're asking me if the energy at Madison Square Garden has kind of died down over the stretch where they've been losing, I, I think it's absolutely not. You know, it, it, it gets to the point where the Knicks fans even cheer for their team at the end of the game, even though they lost, because they know that this team has been so short-handed. So everything that they can give, they're given, and Knicks fans appreciate that. Yep. Uh, and you you get that applause at the end of a of a ten point loss, eleven point loss to the Warriors, just because you know you weren't supposed to win that game anyway, and you guys kept it close. You know that uh, you know Knicks fans are. It, it's interesting because coming from Barclays during that stretch where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were there, you know. There, there were some electrifying moments, you know, where, where Kyrie would do something and the, and the crowd is on fire, you know, or where KD would hit a shot and the crowd, you know, it goes crazy. But just in terms of actual buildup over the course of a game, it's, it's night and day uh, at Madison Square Garden. It's like it's, it's a different kind of energy. You know, and it's it no doubt fuels the team because there's moments where you see Jalen make a make a gesture where he puts his, his hand on his on his nose and then he's looking at the crowd, talking to somebody like they feed off of that, you know. So yeah. it, it's a great environment. I, it, I, I, that's why players love to come to Madison Square Garden and play because the fans there are turned up and covering it. I can speak to it directly. Yeah, it's going to be great in the playoffs. The, the, the Knicks will be oh, fine. Yeah. A couple of weeks back. Man, the pathetic uh, Nets fans, my fellow Nets fans, they're, they're putting they're putting up hearts with their hands for uh, Kevin Durant, and they don't know whether to clap or boo Kyrie Irving. I'm sure you probably oh, saw man. this, but for the, for the listeners, look at Bleacher Report or just look at Twitter. The Boston Celtics fans have it down as far as how to treat Kyrie Irving when he steps in their building. It doesn't matter if he's not even there. They were chanting Kyrie sucks tonight in Boston as the Celtics blew out the Mavericks and Kyrie's just trying to act like he doesn't hear it. Like that's forever with them. That's forever beef with the Celtics fans and yeah. Kyrie Irving. Meanwhile, Nets fans are like, Hey Kyrie, good shot. Miss you. <laughs> oh, oh man. Boo. boo. You left. I'm so sorry. It's, Nets fans deserve better than this. Honestly, I wish that the Knicks, that the Nets were still in a space where you know, they were competing for something meaningful. But this is what happens when you trade away your two franchise cornerstones for a retool around, you know, Ben Simmons, who's, you know, not always able to be on the floor, we'll say it that way, and Mikael Bridges, who, I mean, he was, when he came out and averaged 26.9 points per game uh, for the second half of the season uh, in, in Brooklyn last season and then goes into the playoffs and, and kind of gets schemed against as a number one option, and then you see Cam Johnson have to step up, but things kind of got a little dicey for Mikhail in, mm -hmm. that, in that series. You know, now you start to think, okay, well, can this guy, can Mikhail be the number one option on a really good team, right? And I think that through this stretch, it's either, if the answer is yes still, then you have to get him a, a lot of help. But if the answer is no, which I think we're, we're, we're gravitating to, to right now, it's how, how do you build around that, right? And you've got to find a way to improve your roster uh, you've got to address, I think right now, it's it's the point guard spot. You need a lead guard who's going to be able to shoulder a lot of the responsibilities of this franchise in terms of scoring, in terms of setting guys up. Mikhail, I think, is a guy best served with someone who's going to set up his buckets. I of think when you start asking him to do too much, it, it becomes difficult. So, yeah, I, I still like the they don't like know the what the hell they're doing over there, bro. They don't know which way is up, down, I, left, I think right. it's difficult. Yeah, it's it's not an easy 
it's not an easy fix right now because I still think that this team has the potential to have a, a versatile core. I love what Nick Claxton is able to give you on defense. I think Mikhail, in his proper role, is an elite defender and, and able to give you some some good quality offense. I think they're just missing pieces to the puzzle, and whether yeah. or not those pieces are available wasn't, wasn't built correctly. And they they clearly even last year they traded Kyrie to call his bluff, but they thought that Kevin Durant was going to see it through because he signed his extension. No. <laughs> he tapped Sean question marks on the shoulder like, yo, I want out too. Remember I requested the trade in the summer? Like before the before the like like NBA free agency I wanted out. Now deadline time, hook it up. And they did. And yeah, that's my new nickname for the Nets GM, Sean question marks. Because there's too many question marks around this team. You know, I I you know you know I was reporting on that, on the whole Kyrie and KD one every day. Situation. And there was no way, and I reported it then, I'll say it again now, there was no way that KD was going to stay here if Kyrie wasn't going to be here. No, he came here with Kyrie, came here to play with Kyrie. There was no way that was ever going to happen. So it it was just a a difficult situation. And and I think Kyrie even came out and said there were some things he'd rather do over. Um, But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just... Not take the jab. Brutal time. Yeah, brutal time. (laughs) I mean, man, there's so many... The Nets should have let him play the fifty percent of games, and now the the owner Joe Sy is nowhere to be found. He's playing the background, but he was out in the forefront to to put his foot down on Kyrie's not going to be in and out of the lineup, or oh Kyrie's posting links, we're going to suspend him, and he's got to do five to ten checks and balances before he's reinstated. Where you at now, man? That's that's tough, Uh, you know. Yeah, that, that's, that's a to, tough one. You don't have to I'm, say anything. I'm in my misery. I can't wait for the next season to be I'm, I'm going to let you vent, brother. I'm they're going to they're be a playing team and, and maybe even play themselves into the playoffs and get swept again. That'll be four times out of the last five years. Yes. I, I think, honestly, they need to – and I – it's difficult to even say what they need to do because what they need they to do is do also – No, they, they can do it. It just depends on who becomes available, right? Like so many different – so many organizations are that one superstar player who asks out away from, okay, now we're back in the market of relevance. And let's have a roster where if you're able to add a world-beating type of player, okay, now we're, we're just building around the margins and trying to, trying to figure it out. It just really depends on who becomes available this offseason. A lot of teams, the Knicks are another one of them. The Knicks are a team that are saying, okay, well, we've got all these draft assets. You know, we've got some contracts. Let's see who becomes available. There's a lot of teams that are a piece away. And, and the Nets are, I, I know they want to stay in that conversation because you got to, regardless of what you want to say about Sean Marks, he wants to compete. You know, he, he's a guy who, he, this losing stretch is not something that he wants. He, he wants a team that is going to get back to where KD and Kyrie were in terms of competing. And, you know, a couple moves, we've seen him make smart moves before. It's not out of, out of his bag to make some smart moves that will get this team back on track. It's just a matter of if those opportunities are going to be available and weighing that against the opportunity to kind of like start selling some pieces and rebuilding through the draft because that's always an option as well. K-Dub, you're the man, bro. You got so much knowledge. I appreciate watching your tweets and reading your articles. Thanks for joining us on The Fan tonight. I appreciate you for having me, man. Hey, we got to get that gym session in, brother. Don't think I'm Bro, you honestly hit the gym now more than me. I got the baby. <laughs> I barely sleep. Oh, yeah. I don't even have a gym membership. But for real, like, text me somewhere in the city that you go that you can get me a day pass, and I'll pull up, and we'll, we'll get it in. Let's do it, bro. I'm going to let you later. Appreciate you. That's Christian Winfield. 
That's my guy. I mean, he covered the Nets, and, I mean, he got out of town. When Katie and Kyrie got out of town, they moved him to the Knicks beat, and you can find him at Chris Splashed on Twitter. He writes for the New York Daily News. Okay, I've got no more guests. Coming up, my Casamigos big shot of the night when we get into the 11 o'clock hour, and then we'll make it open mic. But, you know, it's pretty much open mic the whole night. Whatever you guys want to talk about, now's your time to call the fan and you'll get on before my show ends at 12. KM to AM returns right after this. And we're back. Your nighttime host, Keith McPherson on the fan. It's a Friday night. I know I've been off the last few Fridays, and uh, it's good to be back on a Friday, especially for a five-hour KM to AM. Thank you for listening for five minutes, or if you're going to rock the whole five hours, 877-337, a six, a six, and two more sixes will get you on the show. And this is the part of the show where you're most likely to get on because I don't have any more guests. But shout out to my guests, all three of them, Ryan Dunleavy, Steven Nelson, and Christian Winfield for joining me tonight, helping me out tonight as we talk sports on the greatest sports talk station in the world. 101.9 FM, let's get back to the phones Let's get back to you. Bobby is in Matawan, New Jersey, down the shore. Go for it, Bobby. Hey, what's up? Love the show. Glad I'm on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, thanks for calling. I have two, two, two quick things. Uh, one on the Knicks, and uh, your guys kind of brought up briefly, and uh, one on the Mets. I have a statement about that. Um, so, listen, Leon Rose done an amazing job. I didn't know what to expect when they hired him. Uh, watching guys like Emmanuel Moutier and, you know, Noah Fondley out there for the Knicks. Now all of a sudden, after the pro players. <laughs> Yeah, you know, what I'm saying? Uh, real players with real basketball, and I couldn't be happier. And of course, you know, as I get happy, they, the the injury bug. Uh, the, the only thing I would have done a little different, I, I they could have had Donovan Mitchell last year for a trade, and they couldn't they couldn't part with Grimes or they couldn't part with Barrett. And then a year later, they do. Which all right, it is what it is. They he knows more than I do. Um, but they have all these picks, these picks, these picks, like for the guy, this mystery star who might shake loose, and your guest a minute ago mentioned the same thing. I'm trying to think out there, who are, who is this person? Who's this mystery person, uh, player who's going to be disgruntled that's that big of a name that's going to put us over the top? We hoard all these picks for I can't think of like, Booker or, or, or Carl Anthony Towns. Are they going to put us over the top? I can't figure out who the guy is that they're, everyone's like waiting for to shake loose. Yeah, I don't know who that's going to be either. Uh, I can't tell the fortune, uh, the future. You, you said two names that are on the docket. I think the Donovan Mitchell boat has sailed. Who knows, man? Maybe you'll get Giannis. Maybe Giannis and Dame fail, and Giannis is like, I won't doubt. Send me to New York. <laughs> I, I can definitely see that. And uh, <laughs> a minute ago, you had said, uh, you know, the Yankees are building it. I'm a Mets fan, and, and, and you know, I'm listening to the fan here, and, and somebody's in the negativity, like, listen, like, he, you know, Cohen inherited an absolute mess from the Wilpons, right? That their their minor league system had nothing. Their pitching had all flamed out, moved on. Wheeler moved on. You know, they made the right decision with the Grom. Whatever. There's no minor league pitching. There's they're really young. You know, double A. So last he goes out, spends all this money on these two guys. They didn't work. He cuts bait. Whatever. You know, he's going to spend the money if he sees the opportunity. He won a hundred games his first year as owner. Last year it didn't work out. So. The fact that they're paying $50 million and guys who weren't playing for them, McCann, Verlander, and Scherzer, like, what do Mets fans want this guy to do? Like, you know, some other guys in this station go nuts 
you know, he's cheap. He's a Wilpon part two. Sign Shohei Otani. We want Yamamoto. Now they want, I don't know, Juan Soto and Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. I don't know. He, he can't win this guy. He's trying to do it the right way. He realizes the error in his own ways, right? And uh, David Stearns is the man now. Thanks for the call, Bobby. Like, it is what it is, yo. Like, David Stearns is the president of baseball operations. It's his show. He's going to do it his way. He's going to destroy what you thought of the Steve Cohen, Billy Epler Mets and build this thing up in his own image. How good will they be this year? We don't know, and that's why we watch. And, again, that's why we have these daily shows on WFAN where our hosts come in with takes and thoughts, some negative, some positive, some right, some wrong. But pretty soon we'll have actual games to watch and judge, not the preseason spring training stuff that we're seeing now, like actual games to see if this team can compete or not compete. And if they can't compete, it's just going to get louder and louder, and there's going to be a lot more people talking about, oh, man, Steve Cohen and David Stearns, whatever. But what if they're good? What if they win games? What if Francisco Lindor has an MVP year? Nimmo's got something to prove. Alonzo's trying to get paid. Like, I don't know. You just, like, now is the time for optimism and positivity and hope because in a month from now, Two months from now, you could be 10 games under 500. You could be 10 games out of first place, and you're going to be pissed off. Why be pissed off going into it? You don't know what's going to happen. These are major league ball players. These guys were always the best of the best. Every guy on the Mets right now was the best baseball player on his team at some point, at some level. They didn't just randomly collect bums. They <laughs> collected major league players that you might not love, that you might not have wanted, but this offseason was never the offseason where you go out and grab a bunch of guys. So I think Steve Cohen decided, hey, let me get a smart guy that has done this for longer than me that can help me do this better. And when it's time, the money will come off the books, the dead money that I wasted, and I'm still going to be rich. So if we can actually build a perennial contender in the years to come, I'll be able to put the cherry on top with the big free agent. I don't think it's going to be Juan Soto, but if that's what you got to tell yourself to sleep better tonight, that's fine. Richard is in Floral Park. Go ahead, Richard. You got it. Hey, Keith. Uh, I got a bone to pick with you. I got to talk to you about something. Last week, you was on with BT during the daytime, and you guys are going dissecting uh, the National League East, and uh, you said, I choose the Marlins over the Mets uh, because they just got Tim Anderson. Where have you been for the past? <laughs> that, I the definitely team? didn't say that. Where, 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 because where of Tim Anderson? <laughs> but go yeah, on. Where have you been for the past two years that Tim Anderson, I mean, did you, did you figure that we have Lindor, Alonzo, McNeil? Hold on, give me a second. This is a great point. I didn't hang up on you, Richard, but I put this out on Twitter. I'm like, people listen to the radio and they hear what they want to hear. You have to be crazy to think that I said that the Marlins are better than the Mets because of Tim Anderson. <laughs> the new age Jackie Robinson, Tim Anderson. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. That's not why I said the Marlins are better than the Mets. I think they might have a better team. I think that they might be able to compete better. I think they might have better pitching. They might have different pieces that are better. I, nobody knows. But, like, you listened to me on BT and Sal, filling in for Sal, and I think I might have announced that Tim Anderson had signed literally that day, but there's no way in hell I said that, like, that move puts them over the top. Tim Anderson? We just watched Tim Anderson get struck out by Clayton Beater last night or two nights ago, whenever it was. 
That is not what I said. Similar to, I heard Evan get on the air and say, oh, yeah, Keith said the, the Subway Series games didn't count. I never said that. You can't say that regular season games don't count. I said that they didn't matter. I said that the Yankees didn't take them seriously. They pinched it. Joey Gallo, the worst hitter in Yankees history. Let's bring Richard back in. Richard, go for it, man. I just, I know okay. there's no way. I don't think Tim Anderson's good. He won the batting uh, title like three years ago. He's fallen off a cliff so much so that he just signed now. Well, all I just got to say is that if the Mets would have signed Jackie Robinson, uh, Lou Gehrig, and Babe Ruth, you would still find something to put down the Mets. Yeah, I am. Let me now. You now I got to lay into it. Let's let's put down the Mets if you want to hear it. Right, this is supposed to be the new gold standard of baseball. This is supposed to be the new George Steinbrenner. You punched above your weight class for one year, one year, one hundred and one wins. And you found a way to screw that up. The NL East is over. Our pal Salicata proclaimed the NL East is over. And the Atlanta Braves started playing at a ridiculous clip to come catch you. And you handed it to them. You had the opportunity to beat them. Couldn't get it done. You folded. And then what happened in that 101 season? 101 wins. You get home playoff games. A postseason wild card round. First year we're doing that. Great. How did it go? You tried to get cute. You should have pitched DeGrom game one. You want me to continue? Buck Showalter's out there picking up bats. You're talking about check his ears. It was a disaster. It was embarrassing. But I got to listen to the Met fan tell me that Juan Soto wants to join that. I got to listen to the Met fan say that Otani is going to be a Met. Yamamoto is going to be a Met. Everybody wants to put on that Mets jersey. Stop fooling yourselves. I'm rooting for you. These are my Mets. These are the make it happen Mets. I dubbed them that. Because when they won 101 games, they were never out of a game. They made it happen. I want both teams to be good. I'm on the fan. I want to come here at night after I leave Yankee Stadium and say, hey, the Mets kick some ass. The Yankees kick some ass. Let's live in it tonight and enjoy it. Call me up at 877-337-6666. Tell me the best moment of the game, the best at bat, the best web gem, the best strikeout, whatever you saw. Let's enjoy our teams. But you guys always want to make it a one and the other and this and this and this. And if you want to categorize me as the guy that's always putting down the Mets, I'll take that. I'll 100% take that. I'm in here with a Yankee jersey on, a Yankee shirt, Yankee jacket. I'll be your Yankee boy, Yankee shill. I came up with the creatures, bro. We don't rock with y'all. Take the wave to Shea. Take the wave to Shea. We just don't rock with y'all. But I'm doing a job here. So when we actually talk about the games coming up, when we actually talk about what happens on the field, there's no reason for me to put the Met down. But I'll put some of you goofy-ass Mets fans down that just, like, can't give it up. You hear what you want to hear. I can't even compliment these guys. I came in here last week talking about David Stearns is smarter than we think. He set the expectations so low, how could you fail? The Yankees have all the pressure. But you want to be the Yankees so bad. You can't. You're the B team. And it's okay. 877 337 6666. My guy Mario out in yep. Long Beach on the fan. What's going on, Keith? You know, sometimes I got to cook. You know, sometimes. Uh, hey, I, you hey, got a little, a little I, agitated hey, there the first hey, time if, I heard you. If, if, if that's what y'all want me to be, hey, if you need me to be the bad guy, I'll be the bad guy. Well, let me tell you the truth. 
you're exactly the opposite of that because you're a fan and you don't go after the other team. So that guy's completely off. You got to just realize sometimes people are off. Don't let it bother you. I know, you. but hey, no. This is my show. I've been doing this yeah. for a while. If that's what you want me to be to say, oh, and then you lied on me. You think I would actually get on this radio station as much as I watch baseball, as much as I actually took up Josh Donaldson's side against goofy-ass Tim Anderson. You're going to get on this radio station tonight and say I was on the midday with BT and Sal the first time I ever did the midday and say that the Marlins are better than the Mets because they signed Tim Anderson? Yeah, ridiculous. Let's let's just be like, let's just be Claro. Let's just be real here. Nobody in the world thinks that Tim Anderson has put the Marlins over anybody. Exactly. So I, I, I listened to your podcast. I saw you and you looked exactly like I thought you would look. What's that mean? You know, you know, no, I mean, no, because you explain how you look. Black you history month ends. Here we go. How old I'm you just are, and that's you. what I thought. You know, based on what you said, that's what I thought. You, you know, I, I was. I'm live on TikTok right now. They can see me. I'm never hiding. Another Before thing I was is, on the radio, I was on the internet. Another thing is, you play quarterback. You look in shape. You look like you could run. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, but you, know? you got to say it quietly. My detractors hate when I bring up the fact that I actually played quarterback because. They didn't play anything, but they know everything. So when someone actually comes in with some experience and some expertise in a past life, they want to say, oh, oh, this guy's always talking about his high school. Shut up, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm talking about it because I'm letting you know I've been in the game. I've yeah, actually listen, done Keith, some I got a stuff. question for you about football. Before I do, I just say I like that interview. And remember, I told you, you know, I, I'm a retired banker, and I have time now, so I listen to the fan a lot. As yeah, you know, you're, you're the man. You get on the, the fan every time you want to get hey, on. Listen, it's impressive. Keith, I used to tell people in the bank that reported to me. I was a branch manager for like 25 years, so I managed a lot of people, $150, $300 million in deposit. You know, big job, you know? And I told people when you manage a bank, it's, it's more important than any other job. They would ask me why. Because you're handling the people's money. When something goes wrong, that's their money. It's not like going in and buying a piece of cake. You know, if something goes wrong, they can't get their money. This is the most, one of the most important things in their life. And we do life insurance, so we help their family. So you got the money, the family. So you gotta, you got to take this and take a lot of pride in it. You know, I would tell people that all the time, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the way you got to think in life. you got to think you got to give your all all the time to whatever it is you're doing, you know. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mario. As much as I talk about me being a Division One college quarterback – on the fan, and we've heard that. We've heard that you're a banker. You call every day, and I'm not even trolling you. I'm like, this is facts. I listen to the fan every day. I hear you call the other shows. And people that listen to my show know that I use that to say something about the combine, right? When I'm listening to Evan and Tiki, and Evan doesn't even know what they're benching, I'm like, they bench 225. It's been that way for years. Evan doesn't know, and, and, and Sean and these guys don't know how they measure the vertical jump, I'm like, oh, I've done that. I can speak to my experience in that. I think that helps. We're talking about sports here, right? Like, we don't want to talk sports with someone that played sports. It doesn't, that doesn't give us any time. Yeah, what do I know? It's, it's just better to get on the air and, and just talk and not have anything besides the internet and TV to reference. I think having experience in anything plays. Keith McPherson on the fan. This is fun. My Casamigos, big shot of the night coming up next. And your calls till 12 k.m. to a.m. returns right after this.